a verbringen, in Yiddish a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avtson, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson from Linksfield Shul, and we are here on this Tuesday, Erev Rosh Chodesh, the day before the new month of Sivan, and the 11th of May. Originally, my intention was to use this show to talk about Shavuot, the Chag that's coming up next Tuesday, where we usually have our radio show. It will be Shavuot, so there's not going to be any radio that day on Chai FM. But unfortunately, things on an international stage in our dear, beloved homeland have taken quite a turn the last few days. And I feel obligated and it's the right thing to talk about it, but not from a news item. Living here in South Africa and reading the news, often it's a very frustrating experience for somebody who's looking for nuanced and wise news. You know, two words that have become very famous in the last five years is fake news, fake news, fake news. And often it's malicious, and often it's just ignorance. And fake news doesn't mean that you make up a story only. There's that kind of fake news. Fake news is when you tell a story with a unique agenda. In other words, you're not saying the facts. You're trying to push an agenda. And what we often find um, in local media and in a lot of Western media all around the world is whenever there's something to do with Israel, there is no nuance in the discussion. And I mean zero. And the easy answer, um, at least, you know, just trying to get my head around it, is anti-Semitism. Um, I do believe that there are there is anti-Semitism in this arena, but I also believe that there are people who would openly claim they're not anti-Semites. They're very liberal, open-minded people. And yet, when it comes to Israel, they become absolutely narrow-minded with zero subtlety and, I'll be honest, zero brains, zero thinking, zero empathy. And a few years ago, I, I, I spoke about this, but I want to bring up this idea again. I really believe that it comes from a fundamentally wrong worldview, not only about Israel, but about life. And Israel is the ultimate victim. And in just a few moments after the next song, I'm also going to play a track from Dennis Prager, one of his incredible PragerU videos um, about Israel. I think he says it best, but I want to bring up a different point that he brings out. And this is the following. I'm going to give an analogy. Imagine you're a newcomer to civilization. You grew up in the forest. You grew up in a primitive tribe and you show up to civilization and they give you a tour of various different institutions. You come into prison and you come and they give you a tour of what a prison looks like. And you're walking around prison and you see a bunch of people looking sad, feeling heartbroken and a bunch of guards standing there with guns and 
stern faces, and you ask yourself, this is the most evil place on earth. I mean, look at this, just people being locked up. And yes, there are concentration camps and there are certain prisons where people do get locked up for no good reason. But any society needs some place to lock up people who are a terror to society, people who are um, murderers and rapists and thugs, etc. So this person is trying to understand what's going on over here. And all he sees is a bunch of people behind bars and he sees guards standing and watching them. So he decides that this is the narrative. The narrative is very simple. The people in the guard in the cells are the victims and the guards who are standing with guns are the perpetrators. And then one day he's watching and he see, he sees how all the prisoners are starting to riot in the prison. So this guy says, you know what? It's well deserved. Finally, the victims are standing up to the perpetrators. And then the police enforcements come to help to uh, bring the prison back into order. And things get a bit hectic in that process. And this fellow who's an outsider looks and sits there saying, gosh, such evil guards. They're just making people's life miserable. Meanwhile, the people who are locked up are thugs and a threat to society. For me, that's a very good analogy of what's going on with Israel and Hamas over the last many years. And no, not every single person in Gaza is a thug. On the contrary, I believe there's many, many innocent people over there who are being used by a terror organization. But ultimately what happens is you have a terror organization who's living in confinement, not because anybody put them there, but because they chose to live a lifestyle of not acknowledging Israel and sending attacks to Israel. So Israel had no choice but to close the borders. And then everybody looks at what's going on and says, oh my gosh, look at the million and a half people in Gaza. They are victims. Look at Israel. They have an army. They're perpetrators. And then people bring that cynical argument. How can Jews who went through the Holocaust do this? Which I find so infuriating and condescending and patronizing and evil, that argument. Um, how dare you bring that argument up? But... They, they come and they, they're seeing this lack of nuance. What do you mean? Of course, the people in Gaza are victims. Israelis, they live in a sovereign state. They're the perpetrators. And now everything Israel does is evil because the strong person is always evil. The victim is always innocent. And that is the simplistic worldview where many people look at Israel and its neighbors. As long as the Jew is weak, as long as Israel was weak, then maybe they're the victim, as if people came to help Israel in 1948 and 67, but they, whatever. At least they could have some sympathy to the Israel cause. But the moment Israel is a sovereign state and has its own military and it's strong, so they must be the perpetrator. Because if you're strong, you're the perpetrator. If, you're the, if you are weak and locked up, you must be the innocent victim, because that's just the way the world works. There's victims and perpetrators. And then, of course, you bring the race card into it and you sit there saying, well, look at the perpetrators of the white Israelis, even though Israelis are every color you can imagine. But again, that simplistic worldview that the world is made of 
good people and bad people. The good people are the the weak, the the victims, the people who are locked up. The bad people are the people with strength. And of course, then you have a very, very simplistic narrative that Israel's bad. Here's a perfect example. Here in the South African government, no condemnation of anything that Hamas is doing, sending hundreds of rockets into civilized area. It's only by miracle that people haven't died yet. And please God, nobody does. But already terrible destruction to property and injuries, etc., and trauma. But no, Israel is innocent. Israel's the victim. Sorry, Israel's a perpetrator. Hamas is just a poor victimhood of a simplistic narrative of poor, poor people in Gaza. And yes, I feel bad for all the innocent people in Gaza that have to go through this. But Hamas takes the blame, not Israel. Terrorism is terrorism. And until the international community and the local government can see it for what it is, forget about bringing peace to the Middle East. You're enabling evil. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. I just want to go back to a point that we were discussing before the music and before this clip. Most people in this world try to be on the side of good. There's very few people who actively say we're bad people. We're on the side of the darkness. Everyone thinks they're fighting for good. And... The issue is not that we all have good intentions, but that the road to hell is paved with good intentions, meaning that it takes wisdom, it takes nuance, and it takes principles to know where is right and where is wrong. And the perfect example is the local government over here who, you know, are looking to do the right thing. I believe that. Um, I'm not talking about the people who are, you know, full of corruption. I'm talking about people who are in, you know, politics for the, the right reasons to make a difference. And when it comes to the Israel conflict, they think they're on the side of morality. Simplistic narrative. Victim on one side, perpetrator on the other side, let's go save the victim. And whoever's weaker and whoever's the one that's locked up in a prison, they must be the victim. And therefore, the reason they're selling, sending all these rockets into Israel is simply an act of desperation. They've been begging to be broken out of this cage for years and this is just an act of desperation after all the evil that was done to them from the strong side. My God, I want to share with you a memory, a personal memory. In 2005, I spent a year in Israel. And it's already a long time ago, so it's hard to remember. But in 2005, a major event happened in Israel. And that is what they called the Hitnatkut, the disassociation or the expulsion of Jews from Gaza. Let's be honest, that's what it was. At that time, there were thousands of Jews who lived in the area called Gush Katif. And I visited Gush Katif about seven months before the evacuation. I visited Hanukkah time. And the, the Hitnat Kut took place um, at Tisha B'Av time. So in the, I was there in, let's say, December. And the evacuation took place, the expulsion took place in July. And it was done totally from the Israeli side. They made the decision, which in hindsight was ridiculous, that if they leave Gaza, they're going to give the entire Gaza to the Arabs, to the Palestinian side, and we will finally create a Palestinian state, because that's really what it was. Gaza will be ruled by the Palestinians itself. They took 10,000 Jews out of Gush Katif, 
You could go Google it and see the pictures. It was a heartbreaking sight. They cleaned out the cemetery, the Jewish cemetery, because they knew that if they left the Jewish cemetery there, it would be destroyed. So they had to clean out, uh, uh, had to remove many graves, I believe a few dozen graves, from Gush Katif and move it over to um, Israel. And they cleared out the synagogues, they cleared out the homes, they had to force many Jews out of the homes because they didn't want to leave. And over a, a few-day period, um, over a few-day period, they cleaned out Gush Katif from any Jew, and Gaza became Yudenrein, not a single Jew to be left in Gaza. That's an historical fact. They did it without asking for anything in return. It was a one-sided move on behalf of Israel, who felt that they wanted to make a gesture for peace. And they pretty much gave Gaza over to the Palestinians. Not pretty much, they did. Not too long after, there were elections held, and Hamas won the election and became the rulers of this independent Palestinian state. Hamas could have chosen to build a Palestinian state next to the Jewish state for the million and a half people that live there and live in peace. They chose not to. They chose not to. They chose to start sending rockets, to start terrorizing the Jewish state. So Israel had no choice but to put up strong boundaries and to start retaliating. A few years later, they start acting up again. So Israel goes in again. And you might remember 2014, um, Israel went in for the third time. Three times Israel had to go back into Gaza after leaving it, after giving it fully over to the Palestinian state, after gi- giving them a Palestinian state, because that's what it is. It's a Palestinian state. Instead of using the money that they get from international aid to build up their state, Hamas and Gaza decided to use it to just attack and attack and attack and attack and attack. Not even to fight soldiers, but to literally send missiles into places of civilization to families. I know personally somebody that was killed from a rocket a few years ago. Just living in a, in a house. They were sitting in a house in the rocket in, in Kiryat Malachi. The rocket destroyed the house and killed a few people. Now, with that fact, the fact that they got the, the, the entire Gaza in 2005, that there's not a Jew there, it's Judenrein, the fact that they decided to take all the international aid instead of building a flourishing economy for a million and a half people with the amount of money they've gotten from all over in the last 15 years, they decided instead to use it to build tunnels, sophisticated tunnels to get into Israel, to make, to buy rockets, to make rockets, to build up a military wing of resistance in their words. And they're the victims? Are you kidding me? And sometimes, for those of us who just respect facts, to look and see the one-sidedness of media and of government, you have to ask a simple question. Are you in denial? Are you an idiot? Are you an anti-Semite? And I'm not sure which of the three is a bigger condemnation. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avton on 101.9 High FM. I've been deliberating throughout this entire show, like, on the one hand, I so much want to talk about Shabbat, the incredible holiday, one of the three mega festivals on our calendar that's coming up Sunday night. 
And on the other hand, my heart is aching for what's happening in our Holy Land. And it's too raw, it's too... It's too personal, it's too, it's too much to just stay quiet. And therefore I've, I've dedicated the last, th this show to really explore, um, and to just lay facts. It, it hurts how people in today's day and age don't look for truth. It's not only the Israeli-Palestinian story, it's in so many stories. I'll be honest, even the COVID story fake news, conspiracies, etc. But there's truth. There isn't my truth and your truth. There's truth. And connecting what we spoke about the show to Shavuot, the holiday of the giving of the Torah. Torah is truth. 3,333 years ago, we know the date. 3,333 years ago, the Jewish people stood on the foot of Sinai on the sixth day of the month of Sivan. And they received the Torah. God showed up for the only time of such revelation in all of history, revealed himself and gave the Torah, the Ten Commandments, to the Jewish people on that stage. And then over the next 40 days, he taught to Moshe, to Moses, 613 commandments for the Jewish people, seven Noahide laws, for all the people of the world, and he gave Moshe the mandate, Moses, come down off the mountain and teach this, put it into a book, which Moshe did just before he passed away. He wrote the, the Torah, as we know it, the five books of Moshe, Torah Tzivalana Moshe, and he taught the oral law, which for many years was given mouth to mouth, and eventually was transcribed, and that is the whole body of the Talmud, of Jewish law, and of Jewish mysticism. And in this Torah, we say like this, Moshe emet v'Torah to emet. Moshe is true and his Torah is true. The Torah was given by the divine creator and it is truth. Truth is not whatever I decide the truth is. Yes, when it comes to, you know, having my talent and my perspective on life. So people use the expression, my truth, living your truth. But the truth is, it's ridiculous. There's no my truth or your truth. There's truth. And even when it comes to politics and when it comes to take sides, yes, there might be a tendency to sit there looking out for your side, the people that you resonate with, but there's truth. And if people actually look for the truth, historical truth, there is one conclusion, and that is that what's going on in Israel right now is not that Gaza is the victim and Israel is the perpetrator. In the words of one Israeli politician, if the Palestinians put down their weapons today, there would be peace. If Israel put down its weapons today, it would be destroyed. That's all you have to know. If the world, if the Arab world, if the Palestinians can accept the Jewish right to the homeland, that for 4,000 years since God promised Abraham, this land has been promised to the Jewish people, to Jewish homeland. If they could accept that and willing to live in peace with that, then Israel will have peace. 
But as long as the world buys into this victim-perpetrator narrative of the Palestinians being the people who lived in this land and we are the, and the Jewish people are the occupiers, the Israelis are the occupiers, and therefore the victims are one side and the perpetrators another side, and there's no nuance, no subtlety, and no truth, there'll never be peace. How could you make peace in, in, with falsehood? Peace that's based on lies is not peace. It never works. It's like a marriage where there's so many lies in the marriage and yet they're trying to live in peace. And then one day it all explodes. Until the world cannot accept a basic fact, and that is that Israel is the Jewish homeland given by God to the Jewish people. And it's not a myth and it's not a fantasy. It's truth. And that the Temple Mount is where the two temples stood in the Jewish people. And yes, we respect each religion's right to serve. But until the world cannot accept basic facts that this is, that Jerusalem was our capital, the Jewish capital, in the time of David, that was promised to, Av- to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, to Abraham, Sarah, Yitzhak, and Rivka, Yaakov, and his wives, and the 12 tribes, and that the entire story of the Exodus is a journey towards the Holy Land because it's our land, and we were only kicked out because the Babylonians took us out, and then the Romans took us out. Until the world cannot accept that basic fact, there will not be peace. So stop throwing it back at Israel. The problem is in Israel. Israel wants to live in peace. There's not one Jew who doesn't want to live in peace. We've seen enough blood in our life, in our history. But until the world cannot accept the rightful claim of the Jewish people to their land and stop seeing them as colonizers and stop creating other narratives which are false and until they stop believing that it was only the establishment of the state of Israel that actually caused the issues. I was just reading about a pogrom that happened in 1921 after the Balfour Declaration. A pogrom in 1929, a pogrom in the 30s. And throughout history, Jews have always been killed for living in their homeland. Until the world cannot accept that it's our land and that the politics did not start when there was a state, a state was established, the hatred to the Jew and the disrespect to the Jew living in their ancient homeland was there for thousands of years by different civilizations. Until that cannot be accepted, don't come preaching to this Jewish state about peace because it's your ideas that are holding back peace. It's your acceptance of falsehood that's holding back peace. We all want peace, but first get the facts right. This is 101.9 Chai FM.